final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. And we're back. It's Emmett Kennedy in studio alongside At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. And after a long absence, it's the return of the Irish independence, Johnny Ward. Hello there. Welcome back to the show, my friend. It's good to be back. Uh, you've had back. a busy few days of it. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the gravy train, but you've certainly been living it up in Ferry House the last few days. I have, yeah, making uh, making uh, losses on the old P and L as well, Uh-oh. and uh, trying to be professional uh, while working and all that, and uh, <laughs> getting through the weekend, watching a couple of games of sports. Uh, uh, all is good, though. All is good. Yeah, looking forward to punching sound now. Oh, but we know why Johnny hasn't been on the podcast for a while, don't we, Emmett? He came on this podcast a couple of times. He said, oh, that's a nice old bitter crack. I'll start my own one. I'll start my own one, he says. And it just shows how, how forgiving of, of characters we are. Just to allow the man back. I know it's in a completely different area, but anyway, it's podcast competition. Well, first of all, he's working with the legend Dan McDonnell, who is brilliant. And secondly, uh, covering League of Ireland and went straight to number one of the iTunes charts. Oh, give it a plug, Johnny. Give it a plug. Yeah, the podcast is good fun. It's LOI Weekly and uh, we, we record it generally on Wednesdays and... Uh, it's uh, just something different as well, you know, break from break from racing. And uh, it's good to meet League of Ireland people. Uh, we have Kenny Cunningham on this week, so that's somebody else to meet. And uh, Dan Legend. and I are good mates going back a good while, so uh, I guess we have that dynamic as well. But it's uh, something different. Yeah, Dan's excellent on news talk as well. And it's just, look, it's good to be talking about League of Ireland football. I mean, our English listeners are going to have absolutely no interest in this whatsoever. But well done. It's got off to a fantastic start and long may it continue. Yeah, podcasts seem to be the way to go, Emmett. Somebody. We're all loaded, lads. <laughs> Podcast money coming out of our ears. I don't know what to spend it on. The money, anyway. Oh, sure, one. look it. We're all, we're all dressed like Conor McGregor these days. Yeah. At Aintree, not, not in the three-piece suits. Yeah. Open-chested shirts. Oh, sure, look. I'm flaunting around golden like I own the place. Um... Speaking of being at Ferry House, well, you do own pretty much most of Golden, but that's for another podcast. Um, speaking of Ferry House, were you, Johnny Ward, one of the people who went, this, our Duke, stands out a mile, or were you like me and decided to be a little bit clever and try and find something to beat it and then sat there and watched going, oh, bloody hell, that was just, God, he did stand out a mile and God, he was impressive. Yeah, it was it was actually very annoying because I ended up tipping him in the Irish Independent in an anti-post column at ten to one, and then I didn't back him and I sort of left it. And uh, then I, beca- I I got worried about the ground because he hadn't run it before. I was fairly sure he was the best horse in the race, and the vibes from Robbie Power were very good, but they did seem to be worried about the ground. So then I kind of got an inkling that Brian Cooper was going to ride General Principle, and I'm sickened. Like I backed him each way anti-post and was only paid four places, and of course he came fifth. It cost me a good bit of money even for the place. But but our Duke, I I uh, I've I've lumped on him actually to win the Gold Cup. I have to say, I think he's way overpriced. I did see you tweeting with this today. He's only rated a pound inferior to Sizing John, Kevin. And our colleague Declan Ricks tweeted today to say that apparently Robbie Power said afterwards, "Hopefully, I'll have a difficult choice to make in March." So he's probably sacked now. <laughs> you know, you know, Sizing John is Emmett. He's the he's the horse that won the Gold Cup. Oh, there, man, I got absolutely. <laughs> Burned by Kate Harrington. Absolutely roasted by Kate Harrington on Twitter. Kennedy, well Kennedy, Kennedy puts up a tweet with a, oh, you know, what a season to look forward to next season and list off the horses you had there. Might bite your kill uh, with the two that come to mind and, and possibly Jack and Em. And a couple of others. No sign of size of John. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> and Kate Harrington on like a flash. <laughs> Instantly. 
How quickly did I forget? And, and I, as soon as I get a WhatsApp from Kevin saying, you just got roasted, <laughs> there's Warren Greatrix popping in as well to have a go too. It's like, oh God. Uh, brilliant. Oh man. Fair play, Kate. Well played. Well played. Um, you yeah. know Bobby's going to ride, he's uh, going to ride our Duke though. What? Well, no, he's not, because he's going to be the retained rider to Alan Potts, assuming he hasn't got sacked. No, he, he, this is what's going to be so intriguing, because he is retained rider to uh, Alan Potts, but only if Jesse doesn't have first call on him. Now, sort that one out for yourself. Oh, Robbie. Oh, no. Have fun with that one, I'll stock, if they all get there. And if he does ride size and John, who'll ride our Duke? Oh, anyone they want. Yeah. <laughs> McCoy will come out of retirement. It's months away. Anyway. Ooh, fun and games. So, yeah, Mr. Potts, that, uh, I know he won the race last year, but Sizen John, geez, he'd be a lovely horse for the Ryanair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, our Duke was definitely going to run the Gold Cup. I mean, why Why he's 14 to 1 to record the sort of figures that he would have recorded on his fourth chase start and the way he was ridden in the race um, when you saw how the other horses fell into an absolute hole that were up there with him and Robbie Power said he could have won by 20 lengths and it was the first time he's really run a nice ground uh, to me you know he's going to take a hell of a lot of beating in the Gold Cup he's only getting better well this is the big thing to talk about is the tactics of the race because he was up in the van the whole way through with the others and all of them collapsed they mm. all just went right back through the field fell in a heap and he just kept on going and going and going and it's not just the fact that he's got that speed but he has stamina and he's clearly got a lot of class. Yeah, it was a great performance, wasn't it? You know, we had our concerns with, with the way he jumped um, in his previous start. He was just a little bit slow at times, albeit over a much shorter trip. But while he wasn't foot perfect all the time, he was definitely better. And when it really mattered, he was deadly. Yeah. And, you know, just his fourth start over fences, it was a performance that you'd have to love. Um, I, you know, you love seeing these inexperienced horses thrown into a race like the National Indian Handicap Company. Uh, you know, there's a theory there that, that higher rated horses, they've never been as well off in these handicaps as they are now. And that was it. I know. Look, I think I'm sure the fullness of time will show that he was a Gold Cup horse running off whatever it was, 153. Hmm. But it, it was just a super performance now. You'd have to really I like think it. I'm going to get as well, Kev. I think this race is going to become a real target for the good novices. I think they're going to be spared for the race because the prize money is so colossal mm. and I mean if you go through the field yesterday I ended up putting Fletcher's flyer up but like how much how much was any horse going to have in hand with perhaps one exception yeah. you know they're, they're all kind of they've been to the gas station so often that like there isn't much left and uh, they might have a pound or two in hand they might run solid races but I, I feel that we, we obviously could get to the whole Jiggenstown um, 14 declared and all that and but we I will yeah I, I certainly feel Future. I mean, 100 grand coming second. You're going to get the in particular. You're going to get dominating the betting streets every year. I think that's an excellent point because Jessica got plenty of stick. You'd have to say from from many who are very much set in their ways that you know Cheltenham is Mecca and that's where you have to go with a nice horse. They called it good and early back in February. No, we're not going to go to the RSA, and we're going to aim at the Irish National. Big call. She made a point of saying that he was in the betting for the RSA. He wasn't even entered, and they had said. Implicit, they had said on several occasions, we are not going to Cheltenham. Yeah, it's a big call. But like Johnny says, it makes sense. It mm. makes sense. You know, with, with with your potential Gold Cup horse of the future, uh, you know, and if you think they're a Gold Cup horse, the the rating that a, that a good novice chaser will have is generally going to leave you quite well in in a race like the, like the National, if you're right. So, God, it makes a lot of sense to take that swing, doesn't it? Spot rather rather than travelling. Also, just like Jiggenstown had so much dead wood in the race. Um, mm. It's not. It's kind of not, not necessarily a part of the race. We're what three non-runners as well. So 
there really weren't that many horses in with realistic chances. And uh, I watched the veteran run but I'd say I were due pretty short. Your mm. signal is gone rubbish again, which if you're a regular listener to the show, you will know this has been a problem for Johnny Ward, who has the most expensive broadband in Dublin, and it's useless. <laughs> Absolutely useless. It's so annoying. Sponsors deserve an awful lot of credit, though, because this is now the most valuable jumps prize ever run in Ireland. And because of that, they attracted our Duke to go and run. Well, you know, they, they attracted our Duke, but in general, you wouldn't say, of course, look, they got the result that I suppose if, you were, if you'd ask anyone... If he took a tumble... Yeah, Bless the wings wins. You have a lot of old exposed horses there. You it know. was my pick, by the way, and ran a cracking race, and I was pleased with him. But when I thought about it as they came down to second last, and it's easy in hindsight, I was thinking... What the hell? Why did I not just play this as simple and as obvious as it was? Because he did stick out like a sore thumb, but I tried to be creative. Yeah, well, like, he came out near top favourites. If Willie's going to turn, this is an obvious, he definitely picks something better than Haymount. So yeah. there was that much difference. Yeah, I, I think, like you say, Johnny, I think this will sort of open people's minds to the possibilities, and there will be more people thinking along these lines next season, you'd imagine, which might be to the detriment of races like the RSA, but. There you go. Lads. It, it, it's just another example that if we we saw it, we've seen it on the flat in in recent months, if you put the money up, they will come. Yeah, the um, the dynamic can change fundamentally. Um, he is obviously a very inexperienced horse. He is now skyrocketed in the ratings. How much further can he climb, in your view? He doesn't have to climb much further at all, does he? I know he's got to go into Grade One company over shorter trips and go and do it, but there's absolutely no reason why he can't. He's had a he had quite what you have to consider quite a sympathetic campaign in many ways, and um, he had a hard race when he won at Christmas. But uh, they've they've you get the impression they've been going handy on him. They haven't gone to the well too often. What he had four runs this year or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's going to be a super interesting horse. He's going to turn up in races. One would imagine like the JNWine.com, Champion Chase, the Lexus. And uh, he's going to have to come in against those established horses like Sizing John. Yeah, I was just going to say, eventually, he's going to probably have to tackle his stable companion. You'd imagine it'll come on the big day. You'd imagine. That would be normal practice, but mm. you never know. Different owners. And uh, I, I think it's um, a real Denman versus Koto Mark too, because if you look at the, the, the respective kind of duos, right, so Koto Star is a horse from two miles up to the Gold Cup trip, namely Sizing John, and our Duke is the straightforward big Staying chaser, chaser than Denman yeah. was. And, yeah. Good shot. Um, it's going to... Like, Jessica Harrington went from never having a runner in the Gold Cup and never having won the Irish National to winning... To to my mind, having the Gold Cup winner and an even more goal, more likely Gold Cup winner next season at 70 years of age. She's a lot of... I think she's a lot of flat horses for the season ahead. She's an amazing woman. And she can look to the next 11 months and say I'm going to go to the Gold Cup with the favourite and possibly the second favourite and this is going to be a lot of fun it can go wrong and it did with Jeski to be fair because obviously mm-hmm. he missed an entire season through injury and then he had that promising comeback and it's gone wrong since but if they can stay fit well and sound Jessica Harrington has an awful lot to look forward to and th- this is the other thing Emmett th- th- this horse is so straightforward our, uh, our Duke he's just uh, very very placid at home by all accounts, he's never given the man any real trouble. I was actually there when he won his bumper and he stood out a mile how good-looking he was. And he just seems to have no kinks. And as Kev says, he's going to be sparingly enough campaigned within reason. You'd be mad not to back him at 14-1 to for the Gold Cup. I think he'd go off about fours. You know, there was... Correct me if I'm wrong now, but I'm pretty certain there were still 30 trees available immediately, immediately after the race. I think Maddie was saying that on Twitter, actually. I, I, your 33s is gone available for long <laughs> yeah. it didn't last for long but I've, I've, 
I'm pretty. It was. It was certainly there pre-race. I think a couple of lads were slow enough, to react. If, yeah. If you're quick enough, you could get it. I suppose it was a bank holiday weekend, so some of them were probably, you know, tucking into the Easter eggs and they went, "Oh crap!" I should look at these bookmakers have horses and anti-post markets that have been at stud for six months. You know. Would uh, you have an ethical <laughs> dilemma there though? Back in them at thirty threes after the race because it's not. It's not actually a real price if you know what I mean. Yeah. Twelve well, to I, one. I tend to try to, not to do a bet like that, but then again, you look at some bookmaking practices and you're like, you know. Ethics don't really come into it, I suppose. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that would hover over anti-post markets looking to capitalise on opportunities like that. If you do it, I don't mm. think they can palp you, but they're probably going to essentially shut you down for, for, I wouldn't for, blame them, for, sharp, for sharp bets like mm. that. Yeah, that's the sort of stuff I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with you closing your account because it's, it's just trying to pull a fast one, basically. Do you know what, Ray? I off topic now do you know what really struck me uh, it's been striking me a lot this season was when the declarations came out for Fairy House that big card with York Hill and what have you it's the amount of lads around now that just really focus in on on, on snide each way races there was an mm. outpouring of grief on on Twitter about there only being seven runs seven, seven runners in York Hill's race yeah. things like that it just seems to be a huge thing now much bigger than I ever noticed it being in, in years gone past I just thought it was interesting so is your point that you've got this stellar racehorse whether he wins or loses he's still turning up and people are giving out about the fact that it's not an each way betting race no not even that it's just that, that they're focusing in on that angle look we all know it's mathematically favourable in those situations we know that but in this day and age of like heavy bookmaker restrictions I don't know how much people are helping themselves they might be making a few quid short term but I think betting like that is not conducive to uh Keep well. Keep you know. Accounts are gone. If you if you if you want, obviously, I'm, I'd imagine most of these people are putting in the footwork around the offices. But my my view on it, and people will disagree, I'm sure, because there clearly are loads of people that love doing this now. I would be more inclined to try and focus in on a more sustainable method of making a few quid. Yeah, I know there are some like pro gamblers who who basically made their living out of. Dirty each way races. It's huge for Channing, you know. And, yeah. and there is a mathematical edge there, but but it's an account closure, as Channing would call it. Yeah, you know, you have to be putting in the footwork, and that's my idea of a good time. But then plenty of people love money more than I do. Producer D <laughs> tells me that the Skype signal just fell to pieces, so we switched to the old, the old time, old fashioned ways. It's like Downton Abbey. We're on the phone lines. Come in, Dublin. Hello there. Ah, it works. Like the, um, like the Eurovision days. Kev's point though is, is completely on the button. There, you shouldn't you shouldn't bet uh, bad each way as a general rule. Your account will rightly get closed if you make a habit of it, because it's not a fair bet. It's you know patently unfair because of the uh, anomalous each way system and the anomalous place market system, uh, which needs a radical overhaul. Really, I think. Yes, and, Johnny. Uh, yeah, I don't have an issue with um, I don't have an issue with bookmakers closing such accounts, and I think you should look for a more. Uh, uh, shall we say reasoned and fair way of trying to make money off them yeah look we of course this is a somewhat one-sided podcast in that we will always be putting the the, the punter's case forward in, yep. the, in the restrictions debate but the other t- the other side of the coin is there are some deeply inefficient um, systems that we have in racing that just and it goes both ways too the each way system can be very um, disadvantageous to the punter too you know you're talking about your 15 runner handicaps and what yeah. have you where, where each way betting is terrible value so there's just gross inefficiencies all over it and I would just get rid of it I would separate 
the the win and place markets and you know I know I've said I've said this to the different various bookmaker employees and they say well look it's a great theory but each way betting is so ingrained in the in the the everyday punter's mindset that it just wouldn't go down well but oh, I'd love to see it done universally across the board and bookmakers can still offer each way betting mm-hmm. but in the, not not based on the win price they're be, they're based on the individual win price and the individual place price which is dictated by the shape of the market and if they did that it would be it would be fair to everyone and i think that would the, the and you know the rule four system you can argue in this as well that it is inefficient um often in the punt, more often than not in the punter's favor if we if we ironed out all these inefficiencies i think there would be a much the greater the world would be a better place the world would be a better place because i think that there'd be much less places for bookmakers to hide in justifying uh, the way they do business nowadays okay this is something we're going to expand upon more during the summer but for now let's get back on track just before the flat season kicks into gear there's still some high class jumpers to talk about and we just talked about our duke very impressive in the Irish Grand National. Johnny thinks he could be a Gold Cup horse and strongly suggests that you take what is left of the 12 to 1. And there's quite a bit of it there, by the way. But there is another horse to talk about from the weekend. Another horse who could be Gold Cup bound, who could be oh, Queen Mother Champion Chase bound, yes, sir. who could be Champion Hurdle bound. Oh my goodness, for the earliest time ever, it's Willie Mullins bingo. Willie Mullins watch. York Hill, now on the straight and narrow as they head up the straight, has survived all the difficulties of the early part of the race, and now York Hill comes to the last in the Ryanair Gold Cup for novices, and it's York Hill over. Jump rope to respect is trying hard to rally on the far side as they run up to the finish. It's taken too much out of them, and rope to respect on the far side. Rope to respect will beat York Hill. I think before we bought him, he ran out in his point of point. And uh, I think we bought him anyhow. But you'd think a horse would get better uh, with age. But over fences, it seems to bring it out more in him. You know, whether he should go back to hurdles. It might be, it might be easier to ride over hurdles. And he might be might be easier on jo- a lot easier on jockeys. Your gut feeling is maybe it might be worth going back over hurdles. Well, it, it's always something I wanted to do anyhow. And just the way this year worked out, I went chasing. I think he's he's a real ability over hurdles. Countdown to Willie Mullins Bingo at the Cheltenham Festival 2018. 328 days, 4 hours, 6 minutes, 22 seconds, 21 seconds, 20 seconds, 19 seconds, 18 seconds, 17 seconds. Kevin Blake's face! Willie, no, no, Willie, no. Uh, this was such a frustrating race to watch. This horse, I still think I'm not talking ridiculous in calling him the most talented horse in training. Yeah. He's, he's riddled. It's coming out of his ears. His eyes is coming out of every. He ran orifice. five miles. Oh, look at and. Pff, we can't say we didn't see this coming to one extent or another. You said it last week, lads. Um, be careful. And it's just so frustrating to watch. He. he Somewhat, some hindsight being used here. The horse should have run at Aintree. We did mention it last week. We know why he was running here because Willie obviously wants to try and win yeah. a Grade One in Ireland for the sake of the championship. It was the it was the wrong call. And look, I think they're going down the wrong road road with this. Well, what I what I loved about that commentary from Desi is Desi's gone into the the nonchalant attitude of yeah. oh yes, and he's going to win. He comes down to last. Oh god! Oh god! 
Anyway, look, and if if Road to Respect had been closer to him, he would have won anyway. I think because mm. I thought I, he was dead idle coming down to the last. And if, if Road to Respect had be, had come over with him and been upside him, I still think he would have beat him anyway. That's how good he is. And look, th- I think this horse's problems—they're obviously exasperated by going that way around. That's obviously yeah, not don't that's ever not run a good right idea. But I bet you he wouldn't be that bad, even going that way around over two miles. I think going slower causes this horse issues. He races too freely. He's too much time to think about things. And he clearly does love a good think. And he clearly has something in his head about going out to the left. But I think a lot of these problems will be solved by just him being able to go faster, which he would be able to do over two miles. If Dovan ceased to exist overnight, this would be the champion chase horse, surely. You know, you, you talk, he's talking Gold Cup and Champion Hurdle in the same sentence. You know, I can't have him over hurdles. I thought he was a much worse jumper over hurdle that, than, than he ever was of fence. And the Gold Cup, I just can't have him settling well enough. Look, his his pedigree is riddled with stamina. We know this. But you have to judge the horse. You have to, you know, There comes a point where you forget about their pedigree. But when and you have starts, to judge the animal. When he starts saying this, has he not admitted to blowing the horse's campaign? Because not yes, at all. His campaign yes, he was had grand. A, yes, he had a Cheltenham Festival win. But he could have been a champion hurdle winner if that's the case. He wouldn't have won that. He wouldn't, wouldn't no more have won. And it wasn't a great champion hurdle. He wouldn't have won a champion hurdle. I don't think. He wouldn't think. have won a champion hurdle. I don't think he would have. As much as I love this horse, I don't think he was over he, he, I just don't think he was slick enough. Um, maybe he would have won the champion hurdle on pure ability, but I just never thought he was a slick enough jumper of a hurdle. He got a beautiful ride off Ruby to win the Neptune. And look, this horse just needs to go shorter, and it will fr- it'll be as entertaining as you like if they go up to three miles with him, because I think it'll, it'll be a complete disaster. It'll be madness, and he might still win, but I just don't think it's going to suit him at all. And I could be 100% wrong here, but I strongly, strongly believe that dropping in trip would really help this horse. Johnny Ward, you were there. Your thoughts on your kill versus Road to Respect in the Ryanair Gold Cup? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's got people more energised than any race actually in the stand anyway all weekend. Uh, I backed him in running at 1.8. Um, oh, oh, my God. oh my God. What I did was, and really you shouldn't do this, but what I did was I put it in before the race thinking he's probably going to jump left. It was matched at the first. So I was like, okay, that, that wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. But I couldn't believe quite how badly left he jumped. And uh, for I thought it was probably his best ever performance in terms of mm. uh, what he actually achieved because of everything he did wrong and still should have won the race if he didn't try to run out at the last. Mm. Um, he's obviously a complete head the ball. I don't know where I'd go with him. And I think Kev touched on it there. His plan will very much be dictated by the stable narrative. And the stable narrative at the moment is that they do not have a champion hurdle horse next season. And now uh, Willie brought this up as early as what, uh, maybe last January or that, that he was going to potentially go down this route. Um, I'd still love to run him the Gold Cup. I think he, I think he will stay as long Thank as he gets you. Yeah, I think he needs a bit of cover. He just needs a lot yes. of cover. Um, and I, I thought he was idling at Chelsea. Ruby would not, would not have wanted to stride on as early as he did in the Ryanair Gold Cup, but he probably felt he was left with no choice. But um, it was funny actually watching uh, one of the chases today. There were an awful lot of horses jumping left in it. Maybe there was just something about Fairy House this week. I don't know, but um, he's just become a complete uh, enigma, this horse. And wherever he goes next season, it's going to be fun. Oh, I, I just think pace is everything with him. Like you, you mm. said, and you're a hundred percent right in that. Ruby did not want to be making the run in there. That was the, the worst thing that could happen because when he won his maiden chase, I think it was his jumping left got notably worse when mm. he got when he got to the front. Yeah, you know, horses in front of him help him concentrate, 
um, and help him stop doing things like that but the problem is is that he's a very free going horse his natural cruising speed is quite high and mid range trips are too slow for him you know we talked about it at the time Ruby gave him an absolute master class in the JLT to keep him covered up and, and settled for as long as he did but a normal mid-range race and it was the same over hurdles they're just not going quick enough for him and if you try and stretch him to three and even further than three miles they're going to be going slower again and I just think it'll be a disaster an absolute disaster I think it's going to be he a thing of beauty he needs to go faster uh, let drop him in over two miles where they're going lickety split and you will see something special out of him I guarantee it those actually, are, those uh, are the circumstances well. he's a fantastic jumper mm. yeah, but he just needs to go fast when he's not a lunatic going right handed he just needs yeah. to go fast that's the thing I think everything comes easier to that horse the faster he goes and I just really hope we get to see it I want to see something like special tiara leading him there uh, yeah. around Leopardstown over it's, two it's miles it's not going to happen of course, why not if they're they, not if they run, run him over three mi- in, in the JN wine, we'll say, and it's a complete disaster, which it absolutely would be. It would be Back to hurdles. Oh, be, uh, your kill. Stop with your hurdles. That's what the, this is. What the man is saying. He says a lot of things. He thinks out loud. That's really he's been he's been thinking out loud about hurdles for your kill all season well, long. I, I think what's happened is in the moment he's deflated. In the moment he is incredibly disappointed because on the day at Cheltenham, both he, Ruby, and Graham all said to Lydia. Gold Cup next year. That's going to be the plan next year. The three of them were in agreement separately. They were all saying Gold Cup. Well, look, the and whole... in the moment there, they were thinking, we can run him in this. We're going to outclass everything else. Yes, he'll probably jump out to the left. They probably didn't expect him to jump out as violently as he did, particularly at the last where he nearly ends up on top of the ambulance bonnet. He jumps out so left. And it's Ruby Walsh's skill that manages to keep the partnership intact and keep him going. He, he actually didn't jump badly left at the last uh, aim at the stream. He, he tried to run out. Tried to run out. Yeah. Then, then, he had to re- then he had to regather and say, oh, jeez, I actually have to jump a fence here. Yeah, it's and the fact that he goes so far left before he jumps it. Yeah, I'd imagine what, what happened there was I'd imagine Ruby said, right, you've been jumping left the whole way. I'm going to bring you all the way across so yeah. that you have to jump straight. He said, oh, yeah. I'll run out then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty, if your kill could talk, you would say something to that effect. Oh, would you love, would you love to go for a pint with him? Well, Would you love to go for a pint with him? Him, yeah. Mike Bite, and Davy Russell. <laughs> It'd be some crack out in the smoking area now. <laughs> the, the, th- the three of them, him, It'd Mike Bite, and Davy. Oh, imagine the trouble you'd get in. You get. I think you, you have to say though as well. Will he wants to win the Gold Cup. He wants to win the Gold Cup. He's not getting any younger. Obviously, yeah. he's not going to be around forever. He's not going to win it with Jack at him. So it's still, it's still definitely a possibility, I think. But uh, if I were to bet now, I think he's going to go harder next season. Oh, wow. That's, oh, I'd be sickened. I I'd think he'll sickened. go for a Gold Cup campaign. Oh, I'd be so sickened. And the thing about the lads saying Gold Cup after Cheltenham, I, I, can, I can fully see what they're thinking, right? Cheltenham was by far his most complete performance. Two and a half miles. He settled. He jumped. He did everything right. And I know Ruby said afterwards words to the effect of, "Well, look, maybe he's just growing up. Maybe that. Maybe this is the start of a new York Hill. Basically, <laughs> that you know. Oh, he, he, but, but but he did everything. He, he did everything right. And I can imagine they, they made those Gold Cup comments in that context. That oh, finally he's doing the right thing, and they sent him to Fairy House. And obviously he's back to his old ways. Yeah. So look, I be God. I just. The, the sad thing is, is something probably has to go wrong over a longer trip to bring them back. Um, but I, I just love to see him started off over two. The, the only other thing, though, is any horse that basically tried to run out and already didn't appoint, he's liable to do it again. And that will ever more be a problem with York Hill. You just don't know what he's going to do. As hmm. genuine as he is 99% of the time, for a horse to do what he did at the last yesterday, 
means you have to be wary of him because you know he might he might even get sour with age. He's you know he's clearly has his own issues, um, and it, it's just something as well as all the you know the debate about whether he jumps hurdles or fences better. Be prepared for something mad. You know, I really believe that he'd look straightforward over two miles. Do you reckon? I, I really think the trip would, would be the cure of a lot of his ails. I uh, really do. I think if you believe that, he'd make you look an idiot. No, mm. I, I, no I really believe that. It happens so many times, even on the flat. Horses look like absolute monkeys over a mile, and you drop them back to sprinting, and they look different animals because they mm. just weren't getting home. They were just so being why is he not saying it? Because look, it's a product of Willie wanting to win a gold cup. He's got loads of firepower at shorter trips, and look, the horse has never been a two and a half miler for me. On. He's always been a two miler, but he's always the, got pushed up and tripped because they've had other options. Willie had no problem saying the Black Hercules could go back to two miles for the Champion Chase this season. So why can you not say that York Hill could do it next season? Why is it not even in his mindset? It's there's two races in his mindset for that horse right now. The Cheltenham Gold Cup, and then on the back of that disappointment, when he's deflated and Gary's asking him, and at the races he goes, "You know, I kind of wanted to go hurdles this season, so maybe the champion hurdle next season." Yeah, I don't know. I, I know from talking to Willie enough that he, he's a real slave to pedigrees. Hmm. He he'll make reference to pedigrees. You know, after a horse is well exposed, he'll still be mentioning their pedigrees. And if you look at York Hill's pedigree, he's bred to stay three and a half miles, and I know that'll be in the back of his head. Um, but it's just if you if you think your horse can win the champion hurdle, he can win the champion chase. Yeah, but it's not in his mindset. He's a better jumper of a fence than a hurdle, a much better jumper when he's on and he's got a bit of pace yeah. in front of him. This is why I got cut out by Kate Harrington because this is what I was thinking of. Imagine the Lydia Hislop scenario. They come down to the last. It's might bite in your kill, neck and neck. <sighs> and the second they jump the last, might bite goes. Oh, there's the runway. There's the shoot. Grand takes your kill out. And here comes Don Foley and uh, staying up. Uh, York, York Hill would, would have puked at that stage already, I'd say, because he would have pulled his brains out and probably pulled his way to the front uh, before before the end of the first circuit. And just I could just see that being a disaster. Do you not think that he could get a similar ride that he got in the JLT this season? I don't know if they'd be... The Gold Cup would be the only possible exception where they might be going quick enough for him over that sort of trip. But you're not going to go... You're, you're going to have to run on something like the Lexus. And I think a race like that would just be a disaster for him. Okay, Johnny, your ideal campaign for your kill next season? I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. And uh, if I if I owned him, I'd be inclined to stick him up, to keep him over fences and uh, basically go for the Gold Cup because I think in a in a reasonably well run Gold Cup, which I believe it probably will be next season, with the likes of Mike Bite in the race and maybe even the likes of Coney Gree. Um, get him cover, and uh, you know I I I'd want to go down that route because basically his owner hasn't um, won the race, and neither has his trainer. And uh, but I'd have to think long and hard about it, and I'd probably have to go for a pint with York Hill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have we, a hangover after like, when we get the, you'd be lucky if you weren't arrested. When we get the yeah. Joe Rogan style GoPros in the studio here, <laughs> um, you'll see Kevin Blake shaking his head. In the background, oh, um, you're adamant Queen Mother Championship. Oh, absolutely! And look, aren't horses like this great? Horses like him and Mike Bite with a, with character to them. That, that, I love that, them. That'll get, yeah. that'll get a bunch of old cynics game. like us engaged that arguing and shouting and roaring Fantastic. and bawling with completely different opinions. This is what yeah. we want. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I'm totally right, but it's great that we're debating it. Lads, I have a bet for you, lads. <laughs> oh, I have no. a bet for you. What price is he for the champion chase as a matter of interest? Get the anti-post bets ready, right? I think he's like eight or something for... Oh, no, no, no. Johnny, Johnny, here's the big yeah. one, though. Here's the big one, right? York Hill is currently eight to one 
for the King George for God's sakes first of all he won't run and secondly how can he be single figures for a right handed track over three miles yeah. in December I don't think he's ever going to run over fences left uh, right handed again anyway, never whatever about hurdles um, but I, I have one of these uh, spec- spectacularly um, optimistic uh, lookies for the show as well for next year looking to Cheltenham if, uh, oh come on Johnny share the wealth with us I'll show you mine if you show me yours this reminds me of like uh, Naked Gun or something. Uh, Frank, uh, Frank Revan is like. Uh... Anyway, sorry, where was it? Oh yeah. So okay, let let's let's start. Right. Okay, we're going to put in uh, our Duke. Right. We're going to put in Penn Hill for the stairs hurdle at fourteen. What? Uh, what? What? If that's all right, that's uh, we're going to put in. Uh, this is a monstrous bet, by the way. Cause of causes of nines for the. Race you won this year the cross country. Oh, that is that is in mine, and it is the absolute stone cold solid moral bet. <laughs> what a bet! Unbelievable um, scenes. My other. What were that uh, who win that? What's that? More of that who win the cross country race. Right. <laughs> there is that all right. Uh, I'm going to give one or two more, but anyway, you know, up to yourself. Uh, I'm going to give Monali at 16 for the RSA. Oh, shout like that! But I am worried if presenting Percy goes down that route. Okay. But anyway, 16s is, 16s is, is well worth backing. And uh, I think that's it, actually. Yeah, that is it. I put in presenting Percy for the Kimmy Orr there. I don't... <laughs> I'd say he, he's running the grade one there at Punchestown, and I think that could be the end of his handicap for a... Christ, he could be a right good horse as well over fences. Ah, sure, look, a tree runs mm. over two miles next season over fences. But oh, they, you, you wouldn't well, know what mark you'd get. I have a couple no. here. Uh, there's <laughs> one done that pays €47,519. Bouvedere's pretty obvious for the champion hurdle. The world's end for the RSA chase. I really like him. Yeah, yeah, not a bad shout. Uh, I'm keeping the faith with... Dovan or Duvan whichever pronunciation you want to go with depending on if Davy Russell's in your company <laughs> for the champion chase Nichols Canyon is too big for the stairs yeah, he'll defend his would, crown wouldn't knock that and the nap of the meeting is cause it causes at sevens yeah isn't it it's some price the other the other one you could put in now I'm not sure what race this horse is going to go for but I think he will end up in one of the grade one of his hurdles and uh, I think this horse is going to be an absolute superstar does anyone know who I'm talking about hasn't grown over hurdles obviously yet no idea. Say, no. It's, oh wait, Sam Crow. Sam Crow. Ah, God, he was good the other Neptune. day. Neptune. This this was an insane performance. Considering he looks slow at Navin, and he probably actually wants better ground. And uh, the gallop wasn't bad, and he was actually pulling Lisa O'Neill's hands. I thought he'd be. I thought he'd struggle for much of the race and kind of win Workman like. He ends up winning by the guts of twenty lengths from two previous winners and. He was a very expensive horse, obviously, when Jigginstone got him because he's so good-looking and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, this this guy is going to be... this guy. I mean, they, they won the bumper today very impressively as well, but this fella, I mean, is, is how far could he go? What trip will he want? It's going to be exciting. 355,000, one... Not even a crack of the whip, just a shake of the reins, and whoosh, he was gone. It's a nice turn of foot now. Unbelievable. Nice performance. He looked a Neptune horse to me. Yeah, I think I think because Gordon Elliott was um, talking about it after race, and you know he goes, he's staying chase for the make, and then he said, sort of, well, you know, he didn't look slow there, and he didn't he, just on the, the narrative of Punchdown as well. He said that, um, and I was really looking forward to this. He said he'd go for the champion bumper, but I've now been told he's finished for the season in all likelihood, which is disappointing but completely understandable. Oh, I think so, it makes more sense. Yeah, sure, Punchdown's only days away next week. week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think the bumper's early in the week, isn't it? 
it's the, I want to say it's the Wednesday. It's the day we're there. The Wednesday. I'm yeah. there every fucking day. It'd yeah. be very unconventional at Jigginstown, but uh, you know, I, I imagine Gordon would like to run him to Copper Fast and his lead and all that. Mm. Um, but thinking of the future, why would you bother? Maybe I don't know. I'd say it's not certain, but I think they'll run Raleigh. Um, the Don, the polyglot horse, the one in uh, Navin. Polly Don Polly Roy Roy, yes yeah I think he's going to run instead okay Um, the other horse that I put in for the retirement lucky 63 in one of these bets is Finian's Oscar for the Oracle Finian's Oscar yeah yeah because he's going to be a much better chaser than he was over hurdles and he looked real good at entry how would they bet on the the Oracle actually let's have a look he was 14s I think when I got him what was the roly poly is that horse's name is that her Polly Roy Polly Roy isn't it Polly Roy, I think. Sure. I think it's Polly Roy. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to go in that race. I don't think he's as good as uh, Sam Crow, though. No. I'd be very surprised. He's good. Are. He's good, but I wouldn't say he's as good as Sam Crow. Um, okay, that's our look to the future with Cheltenham. Uh, we've played <laughs> Willie Mullins bingo as well, as we're in the middle of the beginning of the flat season, and we have to talk about ex-Wesley Ward horses now in training with Aidan O'Brien we've got to get Candice on the air to preview Royal Ascot and talk about Lady Aurelia who's very impressive visually at the weekend as well but we have not mentioned Road to Respect who to be fair dug deep and got the job done and followed his very impressive handicap win at Cheltenham and for all that York Hill threw the race away Kevin he's clearly very very good he is it's just it's hard to know what he achieved but he he did what he had to do Mm. Uh, he's going to be in a slightly tricky spot at the beginning of next season but we'll see where he ends up I wouldn't like to be bullish now that he'll that he'll make the required step up into grade one open company but yeah, well, I wouldn't like to knock him too much either I'd say mid-range trips is, is what he wants I don't necessarily he definitely wants to go ground anyway yeah hasn't Noel held this horse in her regard for a while I can't recall him being especially bullish about him you've done well, stable tours he's closely so. related to Road to Riches isn't he? Yes. And he, he's kind of following him in the sense of, of his you know like him for decent ground but uh, in fairness you know Cheltenham performance considering what went wrong in the race was, was, was good and I think stepping up the trip would be no harm for him but I think he won well in grade one next season but he's no superstar on the face of it he should have been beaten about 20 lengths yesterday the other day mm. yeah like, like Emmett says I think ground is exceptionally important to him and mm. if, if it's left handed York Hill just goes and wins easy that's a different story but it wasn't and he got his day in the sun and I'm sure Gordon Elliott was quite pleased with Noel Mead doing him a bit of favour in the uh, championship title. So what is the current standings as we approach Punchestown? 400 grand? Yeah, it's around 400. The, the point is to be made that Willie beat Gordon at Punchestown last season by about 600 grand, but um, he, it's, it's a bit like uh, the proportion representation when you do a vote and you give your second preference. Gordon's second and third places and fourth places are just going to get him over the line one way or the other. Yeah, um, you know. What a sensational turn of events. Unbelievable. Almost champion trainer in England last season and champion trainer in Ireland now won't even be champion trainer in Ireland. If you'd asked for a price at the end of Punchestown last season for this happening, they would have laughed at you. Any price, surely. And then they wouldn't pay you out because they'd try and come up with some way of saying, (laughs) well, actually, um, you didn't term it that you wouldn't. It's some effort now. Unbelievable. Some effort. Unbelievable. Um... Augusta Case, to be fair, though, was a nice boost for him. Uh, might have dented the reputation of Let's Dance in the process, but if you saw the Alan Shearer Twitter, which was shared by At The Races, once again he was doing the one-handed <laughs> salute running around the sitting room 
Um, Whipper. <laughs> I enjoyed that. It's fantastic. I love this horse. She is absolutely brilliant, and she was going all right in the in the Albert Bartlett when she made a mistake, which pretty much ended her challenge. Um, I'm not sure if she really wanted that trip in the first place, but, yeah. but perhaps if she hadn't made that mistake, she'd have been a contender at least. And um, maybe it's just a case of that in this grade one over that distance, she's just the strongest there. I think mid-range trips suit her well. She should have won this better than she did. She obviously made a hames at the last. Yeah. And she should have won better than she did. Um, I think mid-range trips are what she wants. Um, which obviously, looking ahead to next year... Mare's Hurdle yeah that race we all love 5 to which 1 which we kind of do love after this year's one which was great ah yeah <laughs> it's going to get confusing for next season now because Vroom Vroom Mag you could argue should have won um, why should she have won well the fact that she had such a wide trip Inter- mm. interrupted preparation as well and an Te- interrupted mm. prep I could, I could see the case why she should have gone very very close suited me that probably she had won, won to be honest but I can she ran a bit free as well she did mm. uh but I can see the case why people would say from Rumac should have won. I assume we're going to see a rematch between them at Punchers, are we? Yeah, I think Jade is going there anyway. I, I haven't heard about Rumac actually. She's almost been forgotten. What are they going to do with any power? Uh, I, I'd say Champion Hurdle. Okay. So she'll I'm go. Just, yeah, I, that's probably dependent on how well she's working as well because mm. they, they look to a notionally easier option. And Willie said it depends on how she works when we step it up now. I mean, we're only a week away. Um, mm. I, I, my my inclination is they they won't run over three miles, and so it's out of them. I think I think the champion hurdle race actually. Okay, she could go for the mayor's race. Could go, could go to France in a few weeks. Yeah, we go room room mag for that. Willie's got a he has to make the most of he's like an army that's surrounded here, and he has to do a, he has to plan this very well mm. and see how it can because he still has a chance. He still has a chance. Gordon doesn't have that many Grade One horses. Punch it sounds strangely enough. And if Willie goes on a roll, it'll be some crack, won't it? Thomas Hobson was good today. His horses are in form. Can you imagine the? Can you imagine the numbers Gordon was there throwing at towards the end of the week? Yeah. Oh Lord! All those horses who normally go to Perth just suddenly start getting diverted. <laughs> all, all his national horses will be out over two mile five. Horses who are dead will be running, you know. <laughs> just who knows soldiers. what might happen? So pick up any weapon you see and twat them. Like and I think the it. funny thing is as well the the Saturday is like the kind of. Cam family day at Punchestown. Isn't it like they're going in neck and neck? It'll be more like a war zone. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they're coming over the hill. Let's yeah. set fire to tears. Oh, Jesus, uh, it's going to be something else. It really is going to be something else. Um, and what did you make of the whole national, uh, you know, anomaly of so many Jigginson runners, so many uh, runners for Gordon, and then you'd horse pulled out who couldn't be replaced because of a questionable reserve system. Lots of stuff that definitely could could be uh, ruminated over because I thought there were some unsatisfactory elements of the race whether or not. Yeah, look, I, I have no problem with it myself in terms of Gigginstown. They can run as many horses as they want. If they have a horse that's qualified, they can run it. They're, they've paid for the horse. They're paying the trainer fees. They're qualified. Mm. Um, there are some calls for you know a restriction to a number of horses that any one owner can have in the race. I think that's absolute bullshit now. Absolute shit. Which, I mean, we've seen Aidan O'Brien have eight runners in an Epsom Derby, so... Yeah, it's 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 rubbish. It's raw. Unless, you know, you go, there's a, an incident where, you know, there's team tactics or something mad like mm. that. But in turn, you know, it's a handicap if they're qualified. Who, who's right is it to stop them? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I think... Um, uh, 
a chap called Dennis Hoban just Twitter messaged me there a few minutes ago and he pointed out that if you added up the cost of the 14 intended national runners uh, for Gigginstown 11 of them were sold at public auction you're talking about 1.2 million in terms of cost of the horses plus the tree that were privately purchased plus however much money they've had spent on them in training fees over the years and you want to tell them that they can't that, that Gigginstown they can't run them mm. they're qualified you know, it might not. The one thing I would do is I'd perhaps bring in a little rule that insists that, you know, owners such as Gigginstown JP, they have a second set of colours, a third set of colours, and that if they've more than five in a race, those colours are automatically brought in because it is a bit silly having, you know, a dozen or whatever it was in the same colours with different colour caps. That's just not good on the eye. But it is purely a visual thing. I've no problem with it. The, I've no problem with the actual fact of running that many in a race it, it doesn't yeah, happen very often so Kevin's like I mean three horses were pulled out yesterday who couldn't be replaced I, I found that quite annoying I mean you, you, you have prize money back to maybe 10th it's a, it's a half a million race and you're on the verge of getting in you don't quite get in um, then the reserves are knocked out of the race uh, beforehand and then on the day three are pulled out at least one of which I, I was pretty sure was going to be pulled out and then you've three places that are just empty and it just seems very needless especially considering how few were actually represented in the race yeah that is tough you know the the reserve system in it is, an, is another debate entirely I, I don't like the reserve system I know we're we're super familiar with it in Ireland but if you take that system I know they bring it in on, on Shergar Cup Day in England and everyone loses their minds and they, they make some very fair points you know, I don't think it's really a satisfactory system whereby you don't fully know what's running until an hour before the first and I know they've recently changed it I think it's going to be an hour and a half now but that's not much better yeah. I don't the reserve system was in there when balloting was a massive issue in Irish racing it's not nearly as big an issue now yeah I, I don't think it's necessary myself I would make a possible exception for races like this and I take your point it is tough on connections that have just missed out um, and you know there's non-runners that's, that's tough but that's, that's I'm tempted to say that's life Mm. Um, I, I just don't like the system I do, if it was up to me I'd do away with it I don't think there's too many cases where lads really benefit from it and I think it, it, it's a, when we, now that we've finally in Irish racing had a decision made with, with something we're going to talk about the men at rule 212 mm-hmm. which actually really has the betting man in mind you know I think the next thing to go should be the reserve system because I think it's very anti-punter I think it it really makes things tricky um, it's it's it can be manipulated it can be it taken advantage of as we've seen on a couple of very high profile occasions in recent years um, being used in a way that it was never intended to be used for would say one one horse first reserve to slip in when uh, one of its one that runs in the same colours magically steps on a stone mm-hmm that's a theoretical case of course I wouldn't be making a, a, a hell of a lot of stone bruises uh, there on, on Sunday <laughs> yeah but, but of course we couldn't be making accusations without, no. without any evidence but the, not, theoretically but the, theoretically these things could happen yeah. and that's not what the system is there for I'd get rid of it I'd get rid of it tomorrow if it was up to me uh, other highlights for you anything else that we should be taking a note of from Ferry House over the weekend nothing for you Johnny what do we have from Fairy House over the weekend? Um, well, you were there. Yeah, I guess if you want to look at Renetti and Diacali. Um, Diacali turns out is a bit of a head the ball as well. And Willie famously said after race, Diacali and I don't see eye to eye. And um, <laughs> apparently, he works in the morning before Willie gets out in the gallops, and he works with his own 
uh, personal trainer, as it were, and he works on his own. And uh, he was, uh, you know, notwithstanding jet ski and a sinker, it was quite a performance. And uh, if he, it'd be interesting to see where they go with him. And Renetti, when he puts it all in, ain't half bad either, you know. And I wonder, I wonder what Willie will have in mind for these horses come Punchestown because he's going to throw a lot of stuff at the wall. You'd imagine Diakali could go for the Punchestown Champion Hurdle if he can back that up. He might, he might. Um, much will depend on any power, but um, yeah. And in fairness, and I suppose another thing to note is that we have a, you know, a three three leadership now for she's gone three up Jamie Codd in the amateur race after having a, a hell of a few days. So yeah, that Codd bother. The treble at Cork was unbelievable. That Codd bother. And Sean Boy said it on ATR as well. Go on, the Codd bother. <laughs> Probably the best thing we've ever done this. <laughs> oh, it's just legendary. It's just absolutely it's sensational. I'm really not sure if he's comfortable with it, but he's gonna have to learn to live with it. You're just gonna have to live with it, Jamie. Oh what a what a jockey. There might be a pint glass thrown at us on, on Wednesday, but he's just gonna have to live with it from now on. He's just fantastic. And like particularly the last winner for Gordon at, at Cork Race Course Mallow. Oh, uh, yeah. That was just, like yeah. came from an impossible position. Yeah. Lifted it over the line. And the thing is, I'm just going to look it up here so I get my numbers right. But but the Codfather has been around for a long time. He's about he's about 37, is he? And it, it's just great to see him really get proper recognition, I suppose, if we want yeah. to call it that. Like, God, I recall him being deadly 10 years ago. Mm. Mm. I'm going to try and get up his, his old stats here so I can... Let's see, he took his... He wrote his first winner in 2001-2. Oh, wow. He's Where's a phenomenal Where's the boy LeBake going to end up with Punchdown, by the way? Yes, where is LeBake going to end up? I'd, say, I'd say he'll run. I'd say he'll run. He well, well, he hang on, he's going to line up. Will he run? Yeah. That's the question. He's probably odds against to jump off back in Ireland. I just have that feeling. But what race we go for? Be quite interesting now. Punchestown Champion Hurdle or the Novice Hurdle? Yeah, it's, really? It's, uh, is, that, is that a decision? I think they yeah. were saying that, weren't they? Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all about LeBake. Yeah. It's all about LeBake. Yeah, and it's... I couldn't get that out of my head after he <laughs> did me for money on Melon. The... Oh. No. Uh, anyway. Um, sure. Oh, oh, the boys, your neck of the woods would, would have been on LeBake, Johnny, would it? Could you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever are you talking about, Kevin? <laughs> well, it's, in the, it's in the news now. It's well, now. But when I say your neck of the woods, Johnny, I mean Dublin. I don't actually know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> You could uh, expand that to any kind of type of innuendo going, really, you know, with a, a lad called Johnny Ward, but uh, we won't get into that. I got to the... My name was in the front of the Irish Independent, uh, the first day at Cheltenham, which I was really happy about. Oi, oi. The Ward name was there, but unfortunately it was Tony Ward. <laughs> they were like, read Tony Ward, and I wasn't even there. But I yeah. fight my private battles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were going to call my brother it. Tony after Tony Ward, but they didn't. They called him Michael instead. Dang it. So, uh, you yeah. have written an article about this for atthraces.com. Drug cases related to Irish racing set tongues wagging. Uh, before uh, we wrap up, let's talk about subs. rule 212. <laughs> so this is another oh. one you've written about um, for athraces.com as well. And you were writing about it before the appeal process had gone through. So this was famously the first high-profile horse uh, to be victim of rule 212 was Music Box uh, for Aidan O'Brien and Wayne Lorden. Um, they appealed and they lost the appeal and you were writing that that appeal process was going to be very important because there were very high profile appeals in the past which had been um, 
ended up managing to get through and it had just been a little bit embarrassing for the turf club. But now they seem to have a new source of power. Um, and I guess the question was in relation to such a high-profile owner and a high-profile jockey and a high-profile high trainer, trainer yeah. were they flexing their muscles to say, look at these new rules that we have or were they trying to get a new culture of racing? Because are you going to allow a culture of tenderly ridden horses from now on with a view to protecting their careers? Or is it all, go- all going to be now about the punter? And if you run a horse in a race, it has to be out there to go and win. Oh, it's just such an interesting time. Because this, you know, when they rewrote 212, you know, I don't think even the most optimistic guy in the country could have thought that they would enforce it to this extent. Hmm. You know, when it was when it was rewritten, I think we all in our minds were okay, they're really gonna go after non triers, you know, stopping rides, non triers, the type of ride that we all want, you know, vanquished from the game. That's what we all thought they had in mind. But it turns it seemingly turns out that they want to go much further. They're going to go after that type of ride, but they're also going to go after that type of ride, like you say, the tenderly handled newcomer, the considerately ridden horse making their seasonal reappearance that ridden with a view to the future yes that that has been going on for as long as I've been watching races in Ireland and elsewhere you'd have to say mm-hmm. um, and not being punished being an accepted part of the culture and you know there, there's there's sound reasoning why such rides should be allowed from a from a horseman's point of view but you know that doesn't necessarily mean they should be allowed. It's a very interesting debate. I, I can sympathise with trainers and jockeys who genuinely are trying to do the best for their horse. Um, in the case of Music Box, you know, Aiden w- w- was describing to me that she is genuinely a really difficult filly with a, that has a serious issue with the stalls. She's nervous, and their focus on the day was just to give her a positive experience, get her into the stalls, settled, out, relax. And come home well and win if she can. And obviously there were, there was issues in that race. A gap opened. Wayne didn't want to go for it. He thought the horse in front of him was leaning leaning left to close that gap on him. And he switched out and there was trouble. And it was all hands and heels. Um, you would see far more tender, considerate rides in the past, you'd have to say, mm-hmm. in Maidens um, than that. It was, it was good, strong hands and heels, I think, by anyone's definition. But fell foul of the rules. And if they... If the turf club and the stewards can continue to enforce the rules to that standard, it, it will change the game. It's a game changer, and I don't say those words lightly, because it, it, it will the, the culture will have to change, and it, I think it will be once everyone realizes what's expected of them, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I know some trainers are go are, and jockeys are getting worked up about this. They're expressing concern. Uh, some in more private circles are getting very worked up. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there is a greater good argument here, and I think once everyone relaxes and lets it bed in and realizes that there's what's expected of them, I think it'll be fine, and I think the game will be, will be better for it. Johnny, your reaction to the rule two twelve, the change to rule two twelve? Yeah, it's been a lot more dramatic than I anyone could have envisaged. When I spoke to Dennis Egan first about this coming in, uh, he said, you know, this is pretty much the most extensive. Uh, non-trier regulation in the world and I, I thought that was quite interesting but we were all um, you know considering how are they going to actually approach this are they going to just you know make the odd case here and there uh, and there's been a lot of inconsistency in Irish stewarding as well 
literally, quite literally depending on who's shorting um, at times. Mm. Yet that has gone out the window, actually, the more I've looked into uh, what's happened since Rule 212 came in. Dennis Egan keeps reiterating that it'll need a little bit of time to um, fully you know, ease itself into the public mindset that this is what's expected. And I think the slur of being done on a non-prior in, in a strange, maybe contradictory sense, will kind of be gone because it's a five-day ban. Okay, you're gone for five days in the case of, say, uh, Wayne Lorden and uh, earlier in the season, Jamie Heffernan, and later on, Andrew Lynch. It's a five-day ban. You get on with it. Uh, you, you make your case. In, in the case of Music Box, I think... Wayne was almost too honest for his own goods in the room afterwards, and I think he'll have learned a lesson there that what you say is quite important because in many references to kind of schooling and education uh, are, is an immediate you know red flag. Mm. Um, I think in this particular instance, and this is something that uh, I should, I think it needs to be stressed, Wayne did not need to hit the horse. He wasn't obliged to hit the horse. But Wayne will admit, I'm sure he will admit, that he probably should have come second. Yeah. Um, and if he should if he should have come second, then he didn't obtain his best possible place. And yes. it's not the end of the world, but I think it's revolutionary. I think it's great for the game uh, generally. I know Aiden was very very frustrated about it, but when they went into the appeal, they represented themselves, which is interesting in itself. And he seemed to accept it. And um, afterwards, he just seemed to accept it. You move on, you learn from it, and you don't uh, have to bring a horse out first time out and batter the head out of it for punting purposes. That's not what it's about. It's about finishing in the best possible place. And I think something that Kevin mentioned before in the past, bring people in. Just bring people in and, and, and ask questions more than they have. Uh, because now, somebody said to me today about a horse running a beginner's chase, I think it was on Twitter, I can pack this horse with a fair bit more confidence today because of the changes of Rule 212, and I thought that was interesting. And it is the punter, really, that they're thinking about here. It's a man, as one steward said to me, it's a man in the stands uh, with £10 uh, on the 40-to-1 shot. And did Aidan really lose any of his you know, reputation? Did Was there any reputational damage? He's lost no credibility off. whatsoever. None. None. And, you know, Aidan clearly did not go out to Wayne Norton and say, Whatever you do, we've the favourite in this race. Uh, you know, let her win. That's not the case. You're, you're seven hundred grand filly or whatever it is. First time out, Aiden's horses, the best three horses, are invariably beaten on their debut. You know, he educates them through the race, hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, the second and third strings uh, later on in the campaign. But I think a very good precedent has been set, and it's just about. It's just about, it looks better. It's about integrity and it's also about how, how racing looks to uh, the punter and I think it looks a lot better now and I, I really commend the stewards for having the balls to do what they've done. Even if I haven't always agreed with them, I've, I've definitely respected them. And Johnny, that's, uh, that's it as well because it's been, you can imagine that life as a steward has been a very frustrating thing because they, sure. they haven't had a huge amount of credibility because... The, their credibility was, was really, really gone, Kev, and some of them were afraid to call in uh, cases because they're like what's the bloody point yeah. we want to go to the turf club and we'll be thrown out and we yeah. look like idiots exactly. yeah so they they decide to take action against somebody then that high profile connection or even whether they're high profile or not decide to appeal it and the appeal gets upheld and then the stewards look like idiots yeah. over half of the appeals that went through there you know um, resulted in a quashing or a reduction you, uh, over the last couple of years you know that, that must be so demoralising because it does take a certain amount of balls to stand up and to, to a big trainer especially yeah. and say right we think you're we don't think you're trying and of course what happens when an appeal is upheld everybody talks about it it gets covered in all of the racing media and all of the press and the turf club look like 
Yeah, the stewards in the day in the Turf Club don't come out of that well at all, so they really needed to step things up and do something about it. But Johnny's made a good point, and you made it in your article. 356 meetings in Ireland last year. 28,931 horses running. 29 running and riding inquiries called. But that is not enough. And no band dished out that wasn't quashed or reduced. Um, look, uh, it, was, it was indicative of a broken system. They've made a very good effort at fixing it and now it's just the stewards' job to, to do their job and enforce it and the, the start has been encouraging. I think more can be done, more questions can be asked without you know, casting aspersions on anyone. Like Johnny says, the important thing is to ask questions. Well, that's I- the culture change. Like, that's what needs to be done. Is There's they've no also, harm in speaking to them. Yeah. yeah, and they've also brought in quite clear ruling here in terms of uh, what's allowed and what's not allowed. And, you know, Tony Hunt, who's been... A judge in some incredibly high-profile cases in the judicial system. To my mind, he tried to apply judicial process to kind of uh, turf club cases, and a lot of stuff was thrown out that was at the very least questionable uh, on appeal. And it's not so much that you know he was trying to keep everything rosy; it was just that it was almost like there has to be no element of doubt whatsoever. And this has changed. I mean. It, I, I was quite staggered that Andrew Lynch was brought in for the Goran incident, and I was staggered as well that he didn't win his appeal. And that's the way it is now. You know, if you if you uh, if you're if you if you call an appeal, and people are going to call less appeals because they'll see, well, we're not actually winning these, and I don't mm. I don't want to be wasting a day at the Curra. Um, so it, it, the figures Kev, are definitely going to be interesting in terms of how many were called in in in, June, in January uh, all the way into December and I think it will cu- it will cut down mm. because I, I think it just it gets into the public mindset but it's the wording is there and basically if you say if, if the wording says you're wrong you're wrong and that's it now yeah and look, my big concern with this rule and with stewarding in general is just you might, you might struggle for consistency because the panels are ever changing sure. and, and I know the stipes uh, wield a good bit of power in in amongst the stewards now, and that that's obviously taken from a, a that's actually quite a small group. But um, one thing I have heard in recent days is that you know they're they're going to send all the stewards off on on seminars, you oh. know, to, to try and get them all on the same page and you know exactly what's expected of them, how they're expected to interpret the rules and the standards they're expected to uphold them to. So that's all positive, you know. The, the, it's easy to characterise the turf club as this, you know, uh, old dinosaur that has no interest in changing and wants to keep everything the same. But to be fair to them, um, you know, Meet Osborne is 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 fantastic now in in my view. Um, she's been uh, she's been doing some very good work since she's gone in there, mm. and I think there's a very positive attitude in there. There would have been a lot of frustration for many years now they they went they re- really went for it in a couple of big cases and didn't win and you can imagine how demoralising that is but I think they've really got the bit between their teeth now with the with this new rule that they can go out and, and, and police the sport to the standard that that, that, that that we demand yeah and I think the most important aspect of all of this is that there is no shame in the steward speaking to you that you yes. have to be able to get into the mindset of if you were called in front of the stewards if they wanted to speak to a jockey they want to talk to a trainer there's nothing wrong with that we're not it's calling just you a cheat part of the process yeah. we just want to find out can you explain to us please the reason why that horse ran the way it did yeah that's very important too and that's why you know that's what's so good about them really going so strong on this because everyone realises right this is totally different yeah this is totally different. This isn't a subtle change. Uh, you know, they're gonna, if they can change it all together, I think they've got a much better chance of everyone falling into line much faster. Mm.
it's a super interesting time to be to be an Irish racing uh, observer. There's there's a lot going on, and this rule especially now is is super interesting. And we are going to have plenty more to talk about this on the Final Forum podcast over the summer as well because we're weekly. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Flat season is here, and we're going to be very much part of it. But before that, we've got Punchestown to get through. Yeah, can't, and all can't of wait. it, all of it, live on at the races. Oh, you're going to have to put up with me, though. <laughs> Kevin Blake <laughs> alongside Gary O'Brien. Uh, for all the days of Punchestown. Uh, looking forward to it. I'll be there on the Wednesday with Kev. I'm just doing four days. Thank- well, I say thank God. Still, it, it is such a busy week. You managed to blag a day off. Um, yeah. I, uh, la- and look, I know a lad. Lads, I know in ditches here. It's not exactly hard labour, but <laughs> it's a long week because of the way the whole thing is set up. First race is off at half three. We, we first live at 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're there at 11 o'clock. You finish up at whatever half eight. You've got to spin back to your hotel. And then I like to do three two or three or four hours of prep for the following day so we're just struggling to find the old hours but we'll put up with it because we love it and the real interesting side is going to be Kevin Blake on Thursday morning because Wednesday will be interesting oh I'll be fine trust me I, I've <laughs> got the, the at the races team come over for, for the Wednesday and there, there's a good session there but I, I've I'm a veteran of three or four Ds now, and I, I, I behave myself because There's I have this great to, thing called diorolite. Because I've got to go back and sit in my bed and do prep when I finish <laughs> up the session. That's what's happened the last few years. Diorolite and Rubik's. Oh, sure. Look. Sorted. Uh, looking forward to it, Johnny. Is there anything you've already given us the retirement bet for Cheltenham? Is there anything that stands out for you bet wise for Punchestown? Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't uh, haven't really looked at the Punchestown markets at all. Uh, I am interested in Clips of Moher for the Derby. Uh, oh yeah, boy! Yeah. Over fourteen. I also should mention uh, just a word out for your blogger Barry Garrity. It's been a pretty bad yeah. couple just, of months for Barry. Say it. Desperately, des- feel desperately sorry for him. Just wish him the best that he uh, comes back. And it's such a strange game because, like, Mark Walsh had a disastrous. Cheltenham all mm. of a sudden he's going into Punchstown picking up the plum rides like a month later it's just such a strange game things a game of ups and downs very much and Barry had never missed Cheltenham before until yeah. this season Ugh. he went into it with an incredibly a real gentleman and went into oh. it with a really strong book of rides picks up that injury and then he's thinking alright well we've got them for Punchestown now and I knew like it wasn't being said but the second he sat up I oh god he's in big trouble because you could just see the way he was holding his arm. Mm. And Barry's one of those guys who's up straight away, and the fact that Townend went over to him as quickly as he did, it's just awful. It really is. And Robbie Power was told, you know, I think last October he's going to be out for six months, and then they go, oh, actually, hang on, we can do something with your goggles. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. strange the way things happen. He's never, <laughs> oh. Since that time, he's had three grade one winners at Aintree, an Irish national, three Cheltenham winners, including a Gold Cup winner. It's just... His what a vision, game. His vision was going to be affected. His vision is still affected. Yeah, yeah. He's Looks double like vision in one eye. Unbelievable. Yeah. And yet out he goes and he's able to perform like that. Mm-hmm. And another gent. Like, nobody, yeah. could, uh, nobody was unhappy about him. Just I met him at the airport coming back from Cheltenham and uh, bummed a cigarette off him. Uh, <laughs> and he was just after winning the gold cup and we were in the smoking area of Birmingham Airport. And I was like, listen, well done. Do you mind if I borrow cigarettes? I didn't have any. And uh, that's just the great game that we were in. Have, have the full box, it. Johnny. What's that? Have the full box, Johnny. I'm I got the Cuban cigars back at home. I think, I think he was looking forward to getting to his local that night. But uh, I, I, uh, it's, it's just a great game. Where would you get it? It really is. Yeah. Um, uh, did you hear the Codfather on the podcast a couple of weeks ago? I did not. We asked him for his highlight of the week. And he said it was being in the airport 
and Jessica Harrington getting a standing ovation. Lovely. That's a measure of the man. Yeah. Measure yeah. of the man. Gentleman. He, he's a class act. Yeah. An absolute class act. What's my uh, background photo there on the iPhone, Kev? Oh, it's the cause. Cause of causes, baby. Um, right, that's it. We're done. Uh, but we're not done for too long, because only in a couple of days' time, we return for our Punches Down preview 2017 alongside Mr. Tony Keenan, who is currently on holidays, but he'll be back. Oh, sure, look, he's only back from his honeymoon. These cavern men, that diesel laundering they do. Jeez. And Vanessa Ryle, who blew off some big time Charlie table quiz. Uh, to ensure <laughs> that she could be on the podcast. So we're recording on Thursday evening our Punch Your Stone preview and looking forward to it as, as well. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for all the kind words on social media. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, great reaction to the Hugh Taylor podcast. Yeah, super. Uh, sure. How could you not like it? Yeah, absolute gentleman. And uh, hopefully we'll have Hugh on again over the summer as well. And thanks very much, everyone, for the, the marathon donations. But you'd think I'd be happy. Oh, my God. But I'm not. I want more. <laughs> well, first of all, your foot is the size of this room, so you're sure you can run. Oh, it's not swollen. It's just blistered to bits. Don't look at the pictures on Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm putting up pictures of my mangled feet on, Don't on social look media at the pictures. in pursuit of donations. That's come on. I just had dinner. I was making a donation to Kevin um, of a fiver <laughs> on his page. And he says, click on that photo there of, um, of my foot. And my dinner nearly came up. Don't click on the photo. It's not good. Don't click on the photo. It's for the Irish injured jockeys, lads. It's going to a good cause. If you have an old winner, throw me an old fiver to be lovely. Where is the marathon? Limerick. Good man. The Sunday after Punchestown. It's a Sunday week. Yes. Okay, you got time to donate, but do it now and give generously. Please. Please. <laughs> oh, you see, he's changed his tune. It's gone from more. I want more to please. Well, this is charity rather than purely selfish endeavours. Yes, true enough, indeed. Um, Kevin Blake wants more, and he's doing it for a very good cause as well. It's your first marathon, too. Very first one, yeah. And you'll find um, the details if you go onto my Twitter page or the Facebook page. You'll find a link to the donation page. Come on, Kevin. No, I admire you doing it, fair play. And um, I hope uh, it goes well for you. Attempting to do it. Well, hopefully it'll go well for you and well done for a very good cause as well. Fair play, Kev, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, you can run it for us, Kevin. We'll be with you in spirit. <laughs> Hung over. Uh, that's <laughs> it. Turn up on the side of the road with banners. Be, they, would they give you your number and you've got to write your name on your number so that, you know, when you're running along, the round numbers can say, oh, go, Kevin, go faster. And last year, I, wrote, I, wrote, I ran a half marathon at, at this this event last year and mm-hmm. I, wrote, I wrote Don Poli across it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but nobody's getting the joke bar by ten people. But I run it along, and uh, there's a couple. You get groups of kids out there, and they'll be giving you water and sweets and all sorts, and they'll be shouting at you. you know? and there's a line of people in front of me, and you're like, "Oh, go Emmett, go Johnny, go Tony, go Don Poli." <laughs> <laughs> Where's he from? Yeah, it's good crack. I'll do it again as well, obviously. Oh, of course. Obviously, of course. Uh, and on that bombshell, <laughs> we are done. Johnny Ward from the Irish Independent, thank you very much for having for being on the show again. I should say for having us. Having us is not your show. Uh, the League of Ireland podcast, League of Ireland Weekly, is available to listen to right now with Dan McDonald. Uh, check it out if you're a big fan of League of Ireland. If you have no idea what League of Ireland is, listen to it anyway. It'll help the play count. Thank you very much. And give and, them a, uh, a five-star review, lads. They're probably too yeah. humble to, uh, to to beg and demand them like we do. But uh, give them a five-star review. Are they, you asking they, they for five-star reviews on that show? If, if, what's that? Are you asking for five-star reviews? I, I, I actually... Uh, I, I don't even particularly know how that system works. Uh, I just hope that... Uh, people you know continue to listen because uh, you have to kind of keep the momentum going and you have to 
come up with fresh ideas and I have a newfound respect for likes yourself, Emmett, who has to do this thing and keep it interesting because uh, it's probably not easy week to week, you know? Well, Johnny, here's a fresh idea for you. Slag your listeners, tell them <laughs> yeah. they have to give you five-star <laughs> reviews and then when they give them to you, say you want more. <laughs> Right, I'll go with that. Actually. That's that's the business plan you <laughs> need to go down. It's, it's, it's worked well for us. It's worked well I for you. Take it on board. <laughs> From Johnny Ward. Good night to you all, and to see you at Punchestown. From Kevin Blake. See you at Punchestown. And from me, Emmett Kennedy. We'll see you at Punchestown. But before that, we'll see you Friday morning on AtTheRaces.com alongside Tony Keenan and Vanessa Ryle as we preview Punchestown 2017. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.